Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host, and joining me is Dr. Peter Bernstein. Today we will continue in our series on how to survive through adversity. Dr. Bernstein, or Peter as he likes to be called, is a coach and mentor with 49 years of experience helping people survive and grow through trauma, struggles, and hard times, the stuff of real life. The goal of our series is to help you discover what we've experienced, that adversity is more than a trial to endure, it can be an exciting opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive. That introduction is exactly where we all we started 40 episodes ago. It's been 40 episodes. And I'm listening to this today thinking, that's what we not we better not forget where we started. It reminds us, too. Yeah, because that's what this is all about. It's the whole experience of looking at life and its difficulties and... We have choices at that point of either facing them or running away, denying them, or burying our head in the sand. And we've been, for so long, proponents of don't run. Face it and deal with it. Uh, And I'm thinking about how far we've come with this and how we've now applied that to the, um, the challenging work of being a caregiver. And they are either the semi-professionals or the family member of of loved ones, are really facing probably one of the most difficult, challenging, most responsible jobs you could do because you're helping someone get through illness, uh, through going through their difficulties to death many times. And I'm thinking about what it takes to be one of these people. There sure can't be the people that run away or bury their head in the sand or go into denial. And um, I just realized, look at where it's taken us. And uh, I think the beginning part of it, of what we emphasized and talked about, is still needing to be spoken about again. We haven't left that behind at all. And I don't want to. Where where we started uh, was with transformational resilience. That's transformative resilience. Transformative resilience. And that is still an essential... Uh, part of all the things we've talked about, even if we haven't used those terms, it's essential part of what we've been absolutely. Talking about. And I, you know, I was going through a lot of our material. We got enough material to write our own another book at this point. And I just get when I get started on, I get fascinated by what we have been writing about and going through and helping others with. And uh, it just kind of begins to draw me in to remembering what's really important and the value of these struggles. Um, and I see, we're seeing so many people uh, now who are, uh, well, we're very involved in finding caregivers for folks, helping families that are in need. Um, and so we're seeing so many variations on this issue now. Um, and I was thinking to myself, you know, look where we started. Look at what's happening in our life and how we are transforming through this process that we're going through. We ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And what we're calling it is Lynn's Legacy. And that's my wife. And she's going through a very difficult, challenging uh, time physically. Um, And so are all of us and all of our caregivers. But we've always been the type, I always have been the type, that after a point, what I'm learning by caring for others or giving to others or helping others 
teaches me a lot, number one, about myself. And then for some reason, I'm able to begin to use it to help other people as well. And it's always, geez, I've always been like that. But now, after while I'm working with Lynn and while all of us are, look at all the people that we're beginning to help and are coming to us for help and what they're going through. I've seen that so many times in your career that something happens in your life, some challenge or struggle. You've had some that were financial. Mm -hmm. You've had some that involved family, uh, health. I have seen, uh, and veterans issues. I've seen so many times in the time that I've worked with you that what you went through somehow just leads the things that start coming through your door and the things that you are, are able to help other people with. It's like you are preparing for what's coming. Well, I'll tell you what, I feel like I'm being prepared for something that's coming when that's happening. And um, I can't always see what it's going to be. But through my past experience, I know something is going to begin to come out of this where it's going to give me a new understanding, a new empathy for what other people are going through. This caregiving issue is so enormous in what's happening with people and families and loved ones. Um, it's just it's flooding us. It's flooding my awareness. It's flooding our institute. It's flooding our nonprofit. Um, I think we're putting more and more time into this work than anything else on top of everything else we do. So before we get too much further in, I just want to mention that we have Mimi? Mimi with us again today. Hi, everyone. And Thank we're you again. So glad she's here. Yeah. Dr. Mimi Amaral, and she wants to just be called Mimi, too. Yes, yes. And she's a very special lady, and that's why she's here yes. again. Thank you. Um, she's, I always say, she's physically little, but she's a giant of a human being. Absolutely. And it's because of what she's been through um, herself, and also how much she's given to some other people. Thank you. And caring for others. Um, it, a lot of it has come through what she's gone through herself, the empathy and the uh, appreciation yes. of uh, what what's going on in life. And she doesn't run away from the difficult things. Um, on the contrary, uh, she's somebody who's drawn to them. And when you look at her, she's adorable, she's cute, she's small. Thank and you. yet this is a very big human being. Thank you. And um, that's why she's here. And uh, she's written a few books. She's written another book, which we talked about on the last episode. What's the name of it again? Um, it's Death. You almost had me again. Death Before and After, A Survivor's Guide. It just kind of encompasses everything that I had experienced. And if by writing this book, I could help others not have such a difficult time through the process of walking that journey with a loved one or a parent or a friend or family mm. and give them all the insight that I had gotten through my journey and to make their journey a little bit easier, it's completely worth the, the process Absol of writing. I, yeah, absolutely. And I think the things that you're talking about are weigh heavily on people when they're dealing with these, and it's they need somebody to guide them through it or to provide direction yes. um, for, and also logistical support. What Absolutely. do I do? The it's, one thing I didn't understand when I was going through this yeah. is we all head that way, and I had never had anybody you know, my elders or anybody sit down and talk to me or say, hey, at some point this is going to happen. It just hit me and I don't want that to happen to others. And that's what, you know, that's what empowered me to write the book was like, oh my gosh, 
this is happening to everybody no matter what. We're all going to head this direction or we're going to help somebody head this direction. And why isn't it being talked about and why are there not books out there? So that's why I wrote the book. Well, I think the book, certainly from where we are and where we sit, it's an ex- extremely important book. Thank you. Um, and the, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of information that you'll be able to add to. We've written books. And you know what? I look at it now and we could add so much more. I'm sure you're going to be able to. But this is real important stuff. Mm-hmm. This could really make your journey a little easier. But Mimi brought up a really interesting point that I, I think is interesting. Is this is something we're all going to face. Yes. And yet... We all could face if we don't run away. I mean, that's right. I just want—I'm not sure if if that's what you're meaning. That that we. One thing I heard Mimi saying is Fine. that if someone, when someone, is facing the situation, mm-hmm. and has this choice, like you say, of either staying with it, facing it, or running away, her book could help someone stay and face it. But it's still a choice. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, oh, definitely a choice. A choice. Yeah. yeah, and I think I mentioned in the book that. Um, those who are unable, as we spoke to the last um, the last session that we had, that if they're unable to, I think there is something in in the book that says, you know, don't project or, or blame or, or condemn. You know, every human has to take this journey in the way that they feel is going to be healthiest for them and not have someone or a family member or a friend say, well, why aren't you doing this or you should do that. And I know that this... This perturbs Peter a little because he's a man who wants to face and and look through things and look at things and change it and, you know, make it happen. Um, And that's amazing. And not all humans are that way. I I agree. You know, I listen to, I'm listening to, like I said, she's a big human Mm -hmm. being. I'm learning a lot. And everybody considers me a leader and such a strong person. And yet there's a missing part of my empathy and it's to what Mimi's talking about Um, I've seen so many families including our own have exactly this other thing happen Mm -hmm. and I'm always I'm blown away when people do it how can they do this Uh, but they do and I hear it's pretty common Um, but I still have a part of me that does get angry and judgmental and I don't like it because the needs of the person are staring them in the face and then it leaves everybody else with more burden. But you know what? I think Mimi's onto something. I, I, I do. I think it's a serious issue and, and she's onto something in the sense of having a deeper sense of empathy yeah. that not everybody has the strength or not every... They could. I do believe that. But not everybody knows how to find it within themselves. And um, I've seen so many variations of people that run away and uh, begin to make up reasons why they're doing it. They get angry and blame others. And every other, there's every million different excuses. But the truth is, they're not there mm-hmm. for the people who the, their loved ones in need. And to me, I I do have a hard time with it. Yeah. I can't lie. I'd love to be perfect, and I'm not. No one is. I'm not. Nope. So We all have yeah. places to grow. And one of the things about this kind of journey is we're confronted with ourselves. It brings yes. us to, it just strips us down to who we really are. And where we're strong, that comes out. Where we're weak or we're, we're vulnerable and having difficulty, it brings that out too. I think this issue that Mimi's talking about is one of my vulnerabilities and not a positive one. Um, because I do 
resent people that walk away in the face of difficulty and don't show, I know this sounds judgmental, it is, they don't have to show the courage in spite of how bad it feels or how frightened they are to stand up and do the right thing anyway. I do have trouble with that. And um, I'm sorry about it because it's, it's not good for me and it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, I find it to be a waste of good energy that yes. I need for other things. I have disciplined myself, I'll be honest with you, not to get into it. because Not because I couldn't, but because it takes energy away from things that are more important than yes. I need that positive energy. The minute I get into this other thing, though, I watch my energy go right out the tube. It goes right down the drain, and I, get, I can get negative. I know that happens to a lot of people. Um, it's not a good thing. I do have the discipline about it, but my deeper part, like, like, um, she has, I'm still looking for it. Mm, yeah. I'm looking for that empathy and going, now, where is that? Where'd she get that? I don't have it. And I better get it because I'm running it. We're running into a lot of families, my own included, where we have people that they're nowhere to be found. Yeah. And they leave all the responsibilities up to everybody else. I think that's everywhere. I think that's every family. And I think that's another reason I put that in the book is that it's not just your family that might have dysfunction. It's every yes. family. Yes. That, it's, so mm -hmm. don't feel like it's just yours. It's every family. I agree. And that's, <laughs> I'm looking at this going, this is unbelievable. Yeah. I've been, I was a psychotherapist and psychologist for 49 years. Where, where was I the whole time? And now I'm into what I do now. And all of a sudden, the empathy, the awareness seems to be so much more acute than I had before about this particular issue. Yes. And I, I wonder where, where I was. Are. Where was yeah. I before? Well, this is where you are now is the thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I know. You're been, in the whole body, mind, body, spirit, and, and heart instead of just the mind. You're right. I thought it was that before, but I guess this is different. But one of the things about this experience is, is Steve holding up anything? It's time. Steve is our producer, and Steve he doesn't is, want to interrupt. Calm. I gotta say, he's calm today. Today is a calm Maybe day, so me. now I don't even know what he's doing. Over no, there at all. he's so calm, you don't know. I didn't even know what he's doing. Yeah, well, but not, see, the paper is rising. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> you've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. And before I so rudely interrupted a really good exchange, uh, we were talking at the end of the last uh, segment about the challenge of accepting, understanding, having empathy for people, possibly family members, who don't feel that they can face the, the, the challenge of caregiving for a loved one. Uh, who instead want to run away. Well, here's the thing. When you think about how we started all this and how we've worked and that book that um, called Transformative, Transformative Resilience, what was it, folks' names again? Uh, Stephanie and Amma Marston. Right. And our whole premise about all of that is encouraging people not to run away. 
and to embrace whatever challenges are before them because through that they're going to gain a certain kind of resilience and strength and hope that they didn't have before. They, so here we, our whole philosophy, our whole approach to life is don't run away. Well, here we're talking about another reality is... Here comes Mimi. Pee-pee, no, pee-pee, <laughs> no, this is, she doesn't run away. Uh-uh. But she does have an empathy yeah. for folks that do. And uh, she's not wrong. I can sit here and go, she's right. And yet I feel that where we are coming from is so important to get people to face life as it truly is. And one of the issues we're talking about is caregiving for a very difficult part of life that we're all going to face. And it is a condition of life, just like other things are. And yet, how often is it talked about? In our culture. In our culture. Very little. Very little. How often is it included in a family's upbringing and their children to take care of elderly and sick? Not a lot. Very seldom. Go look at other cultures like the Fijian or the Haitian or the Mexico. Take a look. Mm -hmm. It's not like they may have a lot of uh, dilemmas, difficulties, and challenges. But their whole attitude is so different than ours, and that is, this is part of life. The generations matter. It does, and you take care of the sick and the elderly, and you treat them with love and compassion and caring. Um, It's just built into their culture. Our culture, I don't see it. No. But we need it, because it's just as predominant in our culture as any other culture. Interestingly, most of the caregivers we're dealing with today aren't from America. They're not Americans. They're from other cultures, particularly in our area, Fiji. In uh, my parents' area, where we had a wonderful caregiver family uh, that are like family to me, they were Haitian. And we found, and that was Florida, and there are so many Haitians and uh, people from the Dominican Republic, and they're the caregivers. So you see that they have an orientation that we don't, and yet we better get it, because this issue is becoming... Over, it's it's happening. It is it, the statistics, the uh, just the things that we're reading show that the number of elderly people developing life-ending but long-term illness, disease, disability, is going to create a real need for caregivers. And who will do it? Absolutely. And we have the baby boomers, and we have dementia. Also, that's the, that's a huge that's portion. A of what huge I, disease that yeah. lasts a really long time. It can start off slowly um, as dementia and go into Alzheimer's. And it can last 12 to 15 years. And I don't think that's known. And we have so many baby boomers that are becoming older and in this category, and we just don't have enough help. That's we don't. And you're, you're right about uh, dementia. It actually can even go on longer. Yeah. We've, we've talked to people that we've been helping. They've been helping 25 years, 20, 25 years. The caregivers look like they're near death. I swear they're in such bad shape. Yes. But listen to, and listening to what they've been doing mm-hmm. on their own, the physical uh, pain that they carry, from it's really from both physical and emotional stress, distress. Yes. It's huge. Um, there's others that move, like my wife has been, I'd say altogether five years. It's so fast moving. Where I hear other people, they can go on 15, 20 years with this. Mm-hmm. And the toll that it takes on families... Absolutely. And loved ones, financially, personally, emotionally. Absolutely. Is 
enormous. Yeah. I see it growing exponentially here in the United States. So here we are. It fits right into what we're going through personally. Mm-hmm. It fits right into our, our initial start off of talking about developing strength and resilience to struggle, suffering, and pain. Mm-hmm. And one of the emphases is not to run away and to embrace it and to embrace the changes that people go through. Yes. And then we outlined it in earlier episodes, I think very, very clearly, certain aspects of the changes that everybody has to go through. Mm -hmm. But we've also talked about what can come out of it. And I, I think some of the issues that are astounding is it really can get a person to take a real clear look at their own lives. Mm-hmm. and not just what they profess, but where they really are. Uh, we've seen it with people that are religious and spiritual, and they profess such faith and yada, whatever, and then when it really comes down to it, what they really wind up staring at is the big gaping holes in their faith and their spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. That actually is a time for growth and development when they begin to see it. It usually comes with a lot of pain. So we're we're beginning to see that there's so many valuable things that can come through this process. Another gaping hole that people might would confront in this situation, too, is not just the holes in their faith and what they profess, but the holes in their character. <laughs> and what yeah. they do, they do. are they going to walk their talk, as they say? Are they mm-hmm. going to live by what they really think matters and, and the qualities that they would like to have in, in their character? I'll tell you what it really... Mimi was going to say something. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Well, that was one of the things I was reading in one of our old episodes that I loved. And it was, this is the kind of thing that strips you down to really, in some ways, removing you from the ways of the world and what we, what the world and its values are with ambition and greed and uh, getting ahead at all costs and whatever. The American way is certainly loaded with that. Yeah. But once you face this experience in your life, it begins to remove you from that part of life and you begin to reevaluate and decide what's really important and what isn't yeah and then you got to also teaches you you only have so much energy you better put it where it's important and where it's going to be i agree with that used so a lot of times it takes us out of that the rat race and it begins to line up realign our priorities Um, We wrote a paper about it, which I think is one that called Lessons for Surviving in Hard Times. We wrote this paper as, was this when we wrote the book too? Yes, and that was coming out of the financial recession. The Great uh, Recession. The Great Recession. And we talked about uh, tangibles versus intangibles. And at that time, the tangibles were... going away so fast people, people were, were really like losing. freaking out i mean and yeah. and tangibles in also in terms of really things that are are not just frivolous but things like shelter and and uh real important things uh, the things that we were brought up to uh think were very valuable that were going to give security yeah were ripped away from us by the massive that's when we began to talk about what was really important and helping people through the process and beginning to help them focus not on the tangibles, mm-hmm. but on the intangibles. Yeah. Yeah. Mimi's been biting her I lip. know, I want Mimi. I, I just, yeah, I was just kind of wondering if I could toss out like maybe possibly a reframe. Um, and I'm not saying that um, what Peter and I are not talking about is, you know, basically for those who run and for those who decide to stay and be strong and face it and walk it, right. um, maybe if... I could do a reframe on maybe those who do run 
um, needed to, and that's the way it needed to happen at the moment in time for them to realize and identify and have a seed planted that they are running. And then their turnaround, because you had mentioned before, that once someone has run, later on they feel bad about it. And they turn around and they start helping others. Maybe it took that moment in time for them to realize, oh my gosh, I ran from this. Why? If they didn't run and they just numbed out and they were there but they weren't there, then they would have never been able to grow that process or walk that journey to be able to grow into what they needed to grow into and help others later on. Though they may regret not doing it in the moment for a family member or a friend or a loved one. But for some reason, that process of running needed to happen so that they actually could have that acknowledgement, whoa, wait, stop, why am I running? Absolutely. That was like the seed that was planted for them to look at themselves because then they wouldn't have been able to know their character because they were never faced with it before. Okay, you are so right. Mm-hmm. We have, we know people, we have people yeah. on our staff like that. Yeah. One of the things that I've that you're talking about is the spiritual reframing mm-hmm. um, and they're, the greater purpose to some of these things that we don't see at the time. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Like and maybe it had to happen that way for them to acknowledge. That's what it, well, it did. But what you holes. do see is they are left with wounds and scars. It doesn't erase it. No. But what they do, the, the, the people that we know mm-hmm. um, have such a deep understanding and empathy of the price you pay to run mm-hmm. and the burden and the cross to bear that they, they know they're carrying for the rest of their life. Maybe they had to feel it that way. Maybe that's the journey they had to take to be able to actually give back and even face themselves. Absolutely. There's no question about it. And they are the strongest proponents of coming alongside other folks that are running Mm -hmm. and saying, I know what you're feeling and I did the same thing and I want to encourage you. Don't do this. You're going to pay a high price. But they come from a very empathetic personal experience so maybe that reframing will help those family members or friends out there who are like in the deep of it when they see someone run maybe they won't feel so resentful towards them maybe they can be mindful and think oh wait a minute maybe this is something that has to happen to them so they can actually acknowledge it themselves i i hear what you're saying and i think you're absolutely right um, let's get back to that. This important yeah, subject. Yeah, let's come Has back Steve to that. Steve given us a signal. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We will be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. In our last segment of our episode, we were talking about how the call to care for someone you love brings you face-to-face with yourself, mm-hmm. the good and the bad, Yes. and how everyone in that situation has a choice to either embrace this difficulty uh, the best they can or to run away and how hard it can be at times to have empathy for a person who is running away, particularly if this is your family and you need their help. Uh, Mimi was making the point um, at, the, uh, at the end that sometimes uh, in order to really look at ourselves, look at our character, uh, 
it may take something like this where we actually end up running away, someone ends up running away, in order to actually come to the point of being able to look at themselves in a way that must happen somehow for them to change. She's right, too. I know she's right. And, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm thinking about what we've talked about in the past about caregiving. And there's two parts to it. One is when you're in the front line, you don't have a whole lot of time to introspect and reflect. You have to deal with what's right in front of you, and there's no time. Soldier mode. There, it's At that time, you don't have the time to reflect. You just have, hopefully, enough appropriate responses of caring, love, and nourishing nourishment to help the loved ones that you know are in need. There is a time that you will have time, you will be able to reflect and introspect, and everybody does. And those are the times that you begin to realize the kind of things Mimi is referring to, where you begin to reflect and you begin to think about some of the things you've been going through, some of the people like she's talking about, I find to be very important. I don't think there's time at the time to think about people like that. When when you're on the front lines helping people, someone, and the need is just enormous and your focus is on the person who is in your in need yes. of your care yes and you have other people that you need help for them to help you and they disappear i don't think at those times we have much time to reflect to be empathetic i think we've got to focus on that on the job at hand and helping our loved one or supporting our caregiver but i do believe that there'll be a time where we're where there's a, 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 much, a deeper thoughtfulness about what's happening through this experience that would come, one of the things that Mimi's referring to would come during those reflective times. I don't think they'll come at the time when you're on the front yeah. line now. But I'm glad that we're talking about it now because maybe we planted a seed and maybe at some point if they're in the thick of it and they're in soldier mode and somebody decides to take off, this conversation that we're having will be something that will spark a little, oh, wait, just let it go. Let them go and keep my focus here. Don't lose energy don't, on that. Yeah, don't don't be upset about that. You're just giving that energy. Pull your energy back. Stay focused here because they have to have their own process. I know it's going to be hard, but we're talking about it. So maybe, maybe, maybe we have planted a seed. I, don't, I think you're absolutely right. I agree with you. And I would be one of those people that needs to remember the seed that's being planted. Honestly, yeah. it's helping me just to listen. Um, maybe at some point in our life, my life, I'll change a little bit and not think everybody has to be like me. Um, and yet I know that what I'm talking about, people can gain such resilience and strength yeah. from. Yeah. And I will say that, that one thing that in... in, in um, I'm fumbling here. I'm sorry. Um, I have watched you rise to the occasion in so many um, difficult situations where someone needed you. And at times, in order to respond the way you did, it cost you something personally. Mm -hmm. And you were ready, no question, to step up and help. And that example has been of immense value to me. So I don't want to throw that out either. Yeah. No way. Yeah, no. And I don't. But I do think it could be a little bit more balanced in be- what, what Mimi's saying. Because without that balance, you 
are without a balance mm-hmm. that would help you in those moments? I sure. think it would. I do. I don't yeah. think it'll help me a lot, but I think it'll help me because I'm not Mimi. Well, and I think it's a spectrum. I think we all need to have our own spectrum, and it's the whole spectrum. But I think you're right. You know, of I harmony. know you're right. I also feel, though, if I can encourage people not to bury their head in the sand, yeah. not to go in denial and run away, yeah. that there will be hope. There will be a better day. Mm-hmm. And even though the emotions are running high, the fears are running high, yes. don't run. I always say feel it, um, face it, feel it, change it. Mm-hmm. Face it, feel it, change it. If you can change it and remove yourself, cool. If it's a you know, situation that we're in right now with caretaking and caregiving, and obviously we're the ones caring for our, our loved one, mm-hmm. we're not going to leave that, but we're all we're definitely empower ourselves and not feel guilty for saying, okay, look, I, I need to remove myself from this situation so I can have more energy for my loved one who's dying. You know, so Defi- yeah, definitely. feel it, face it, feel it. And then change it. That's my. Oh, that yeah. sounds good. Yeah. That's a mimeism. Mimeism. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Well, it, it reminds me too of what you said one time about how you know talking things through, verbalizing. Yes. Without change. Yeah. You you can get in a verbal loop, and basically it's just a de- it's like a compression pot. You know, you set off a little bit of steam, and then you're okay again, and nothing changes have to change. You have to grow. You have to move forward. You have to. That's why I like saying harmonize because instead of balance, because for me, balance seems like you're just still stagnant and staying there. Harmonize, you can like still harmonize, move forward, you know? So it's always like moving forward, growing, expanding, challenging self to, you know, face. That's an interesting analogy. Face, feel, it, and change. Okay, yeah. so harmonize is what? Harmonizing. You When you harmonize something, you can still move and navigate and move forward and, and sideways. and But if you're sitting there just like a... A balance where you you have you know when you see the justice sign and it has you know the balance on yeah. one side it just sits there and you're either lopsided this way or lopsided that way you're trying to balance it out but you never it's always in one position you know it doesn't move forward Very so good. harmony 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 no that's a good I like that I do too I like yeah, that it's, it's really good harmonizing and you know I want to basically call myself out a little bit too is uh, honestly. Because I was born with medical illnesses and I had to face my own um, diagnosis of death, I think that allowed me to be able to walk the walk I walk with my my parents. Um, If that never happened and I was born completely healthy and, and had a different journey, I don't know. I might be the runner. I'm not the runner this time around on this journey because I've faced so much in my lifetime. But I think that does contribute. You know, if if we haven't had to face adversity, then, you know, when adversity hits you in the face, it's harder. No, you're absolutely it's you're right. It's harder. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually, it's interesting. And I'll, I, I, a little uh, a little part of my bring when I was very young mm-hmm. and I was growing up, in my very young years, I was one of those sensitive kids that ran away a lot. I did finally reach a point the, uh, that I couldn't bear living that way anymore. I couldn't bear living with myself. So there you go. Have, you, have you ever had empathy? Do you have empathy for you as a small child running away? Very much. Yeah. Then. But I also know the burden I lived with until I decided one day it's over. That th- th- there's no more running. Because I had to live with myself. I'll never, and this was a young, I was young. 
I mean, we're talking about pretty, very young, and being on the streets in New Jersey and Newark. But it was a rough area, and I was a sensitive little boy. And there was an awful lot of prejudice and yes. just a terrible, frightening kind of life. But it was coming to a certain point that I couldn't live with myself anymore with what I was, the burden I was carrying about always running away from and being fearful and seeing myself as a young coward. And it was coming to that, it was a, it was a personal, logistical, and spiritual thing at a quite a young age to go, no, I'm not going to, no one will ever cross that line with me again. Yeah. And whatever it takes, I'm not going to run again. And I'm not going to let anybody terrify me again. Or if they do, they won't know it. Yeah. Because I'll deal with them. That was a, a realization, though. And those are the seeds. That was absolutely. I was going to say, and there you have it. So now you already have the spectrum, and you wish you had more empathy now. You you have it. You just have to embrace the child within and, like, allow the, the harmony of the man that you are with the child that you were. And then yeah. there's the balance. You're right. That's very good, Amy. Um, so... Moving on. No, she's right. <laughs> she's right. And the truth of the matter is, though, I'd rather see people grow from facing the challenges yeah. rather than carry such wounds and pain from running away. And one of the things that are on our staff, we have some people that used to run away. Yeah. They tell this to everyone. You, If you continue this way, you're going to live with wounds and scars that you're going to carry for the rest of your life. There's a better way. Mm-hmm. And that's to stop running and just to face yeah. what you've got coming at you. Absolutely. I think it's a, it's a and coming from these folks, it means something because they were runners. Yes. So uh, I, I, I agree with you. Um, they, they were runners and today they're helpers. They're people that come alongside runners yeah. and encourage them to turn, it ba- turn back. Mm-hmm. Don't run. Face it. You'll get through it as hard as it will be mm-hmm. and there will be something better for you on the other side. Yes. When these folks say it, they know what they're talking about. I embrace that. Yeah. And, and they changed uh, it. And then they started helping others. Yeah. So there's that change. Yeah. Yes, there is change. Yeah. So we've been talking about transformative resilience. Yes. And how important it is if we, whatever it takes to get people not to bury their head in the sand, not to mm-hmm. run away. Um, we we certainly took a, a, a embraced that wholeheartedly during the Great Recession, because we saw people so terrified, and we really saw something happen though, that a lot of the barriers that were they were carrying for so long about getting ahead, having financial security, and yada yada, it was just ripped away. But one of the things we saw as they were being stripped is their caring for their for their neighbor and their fellow man and their community came out so beautifully. Yes. And we saw story after story after story of that. And I remember watching this and go, well, you know, this recession is going to end. I don't know when. There's so much suffering. I hope people continue this. Guess what? They don't. Oh. They went, of course, they go back to yeah. looking for social, financial security, yada, yada, and they forgot about certain mm-hmm. things that they saw when they were all in a very vulnerable, broken place. Mm-hmm. So I, I was hoping that wouldn't happen, but it, it is. Yeah. And it was a terrifying time for so many people. We really came alongside many yeah. and encouraged them not to run, not yeah. to be terrified. And we taught them how to respond because I've been there so many times. But we did see a lot of caring 
A lot of yeah. a lot of compassion and empathy and generosity of spirit, generosity of whatever they had. Yeah, it's beautiful. It was beautiful. That part of it was beautiful. I wonder guess. how yeah. we can help others stay mindful of that period in time and carry it over when it's it's um, you know better. And I wonder how we could do that. You know, that's a good question. How do we hold on to that feeling and 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 the uh, mindfulness of how hopeless it can be so that way when it's not hopeless anymore and everything goes back to normal. So I, I have a suggestion. Let's think on that for a moment. And in the meantime, you've been listening to The That's Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma, <laughs> 103.3 FM. I just pulled something on them. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to The Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. And just before our break, uh, I, w- I posed probably one of those $64,000 questions. Don't you think so? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, anyway, uh, in our last segment, we were talking about the, just the, the importance of facing the adversity that comes into our life and, and what can come from that if we don't run away, the good things that can come. And that's part of our intro every week yes. is that adversity can be an opportunity mm-hmm. to grow and to deepen and find out who you really are. Um, Mimi's $64,000 question, and I left it in the air, is... Yes, in the midst of adversity, as Peter was saying, during the Great Recession, people reached out. They cared about others. They helped others. They needed help themselves and received it. Uh, We see when things are not difficult, people tend to swing back toward focusing on other things like the tangibles in life. And Mimi's question was, how do we, even when times are not so hard, how do we hang on to the lessons, Mm -hmm. valuable lessons? that come from adversity. Yeah, like mutual human respect and caring for one another. She's batting her eyelashes. No, she's right. But she's right. But, you know, I'm thinking about something else. There's a spiritual reality that begins to emerge, too, during those difficult times. Mm -hmm. And there is a purpose to these very, very hard, difficult things. Um, And there's a spiritual sense of it. Now, it may be religious, it may not. But I think personally, it definitely is. It's very exposing that there is a spiritual side to man. Component. And during those times, it comes out. Now, we've seen it come out in lots of different forms. But there seems to be a power that's much greater than all of us Mm -hmm. that has a a purpose. And I, I really must say that my life, the most difficult times of my life, when I was not what I call a spiritual or spiritually oriented person, there definitely was a power greater than myself that saved my life in the face of very difficult times, uh, brought me through very difficult times when I was dealing with trauma with folks that was overwhelming, the real uh, acute trauma. It always became apparent to me that there was a power that was in place that had I had no control over it, and this was so powerful, so overwhelming, so terrifying that there was something else in this experience that was being exposed. It was definitely, to me, it's, it's God. To me. Yeah. And I couldn't deny it. And 
at the same time I was terrified, I also came to a point, I'll never forget some of these times, of acceptance and surrender right there and then, that whatever I can do right now is the best, that's all I can do, but that I don't have the control in these situations. I am totally powerless. I'll do my best, but there's something much greater going on here, and mm -hmm. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I only know we've got to help this person survive it. I've got to survive it and be there for them in the best any way I can. Mm -hmm. But I have no control over what's going to happen here. And this is pretty tough stuff, difficult, terrifying things. I've been through a number of this, to be honest with you, a lot. And it's happened every time. And it's undeniable. Would I call it religious? I don't. I think it's a spiritual aspect to our being that yeah. comes out during these times and is exposed. Um, so so are, you, are you saying that 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 realization, that experience, that um, perception, sensitivity has stayed with you even after the adversity was over in a new way? Yes, definitely. It, it's, guided, it's, uh, it's guided my life into what I'm doing today. Yeah, I would uh, have to witness that just because, I mean, we've talked before how clinical he used to be, how he would, you know, call out, you know, statistical data and, and mm -hmm. thera therapeutic um, mm -hmm. resolution for certain things. And, mm -hmm. you know, and now he's more into heartfelt human, human to human. So I, I, I'm witnessing it right here. No, you're right. I agree with you. And I'd rather be this way. Mm -hmm. Even though it's coming through pain and loss and grief, I would rather be this way any day. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's 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 emotional for me. Um, I'm grateful. It's a gift. Yes. Do I believe it's a continuation of what I've learned through each of these different traumas? Absolutely. And this one is just another one that I embrace and yeah. walk through. Um, it's not easy. In fact, I'm probably this is one of the hardest I've ever gone through. But I embrace it. There's a part of me that accepts it. I'm even amazed that uh, that's not emotional that sees it for what it is and knows I'm, we're going to ride it out to, right to the end. And we are going to make the situation as nourishing, loving, and nurturing as possible. Absolutely. And comfortable and safe. And I would put my life on This is me now. Mm -hmm. I'd put my life on the line for someone I love for that. Yeah. And that's the way I am. I'm definitely like that. Mm -hmm. I know not everybody's like that, Mimi. I know it. It's true. No, I agree. That's true. I am one of those. Yeah. And I mean it. I mean, my whole, that's what I say it. I know it's true. Yes. It doesn't mean my heart isn't breaking. It doesn't yes. mean I don't go through all the emotional changes that other people go through. It just means that what I connect with it is different. And it's mm -hmm. not going to be running away. It's not going to be being bitter and angry and negative. It's going to be producing some kind of growth and yes. development in me that's going to open up new dimensions to my life and Absolutely. usually it has to do with helping others. Absolutely. That just seems to be my life. Yeah. We were touching earlier um, before we started rolling on um, caregivers and those who do stay and, um, you know, how to stay in the moment. And I think one of the maybe mindfulness so we don't get burnout is um, though we are caring for someone you know, maybe we should be mindful of, okay, how can we also grow through this? And if we look at it like it's not just, we're just giving, we're just giving, we're just giving, because the humans, 
that we're caring for are pretty incapacitated from some and, and maybe a lot out there. So giving back physically um, is probably harder, you know, or maybe even emotionally harder. But if we look at it like they are actually are giving back because they're holding a mirror up so we can see ourselves and we can grow from this. Mm. So if we look at it that way, like we're not just giving, 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 but that that human is actually mirroring what we need to see in ourselves so we can see where we need to strengthen spots that we don't aren't as strong as we hope to be or grow in spots or face our own fears. Mimi, you're profound. You're a giant. Thank For you. a little little person, you're a giant. <laughs> really, I look at this and I'm listening to what's coming out of her and I'm going, this is a giant. Thank and you. she's right. She is. And it's a profound realization because a lot of times when we talk about caregiving relationships, it's you're pouring as a caregiver a hundred percent of yourself into that person to give them comfort and help through things that they're so helpless about. And we're saying, well, I don't get anything back. Well, what Mimi's saying is, yes, you do. You can. And mm -hmm. you can get something back. It's a mirror that's being held up to you for you to grow, mm -hmm. to change, to discover the more important, meaningful self that you are. Mm -hmm. and it's a stripping. It comes through pain, for sure. Uh, you don't always have control and power, but yet this mirroring is absolutely the truth yes. Yes. it's also an avenue to healing and what we've seen too is for folks that we've talked about that i have trouble with that you don't uh for who've who have run away in the past yes. they carry a heavy burden and when they take part in caregiving for someone it's an opportunity for them to heal i've yes. witnessed it so many times they turn out to be by the way some of the best caregivers out mm -hmm. there period yeah. they're loving they're nourishing they're nurturing they're just there for the person in every way they have ex they're gaining more experience they're growing in their work mm -hmm. uh, so you're right about that there, and there's you know for me there's other things too uh, I've been one of those people that yeah I am grateful for the littlest thing believe it or not when if people knew me in the past they would say are they talking is this Peter Bernstein yeah it is because to me, to just see my wife take a breath in the morning, to be able to hold her hand, yes. um, even if she can't really relate to me, that's better in my mind than her not being there at all. So I've heard people, how bitter they become and better, you know, say things that are pretty horrible to hear. I'm not one of them. Yeah. I I do feel I don't get much back with anything. And yet what you're saying, the kind of dimension that you're talking about, I get a lot back. Mm -hmm. It is the yes. truth. Mm -hmm. yes. Absolutely the truth. It's a time of change. It's a time of uh, finding out who you are, the better you. Mm -hmm. Becoming the best person you can become. This is mm -hmm. your opportunity. Um, I also find uh, that you have to come to grips with certain aspects of yourself because of the nature of the giving relationship that you're going to take on some of the negativity of the situation and you got to recognize how it's affecting your body. Yes. If you're human, it's affecting you. And it makes you more sensitive. It tunes you in more. It should. Um, so you get the yellow flags, the, the warning signs that you better take care of yourself. You're beginning to accumulate too much through the emotional exchange yes. and you're starting to get burdened and exhausted and you need to take a break you need to begin to take care of yourself and recognize what's happening to your body mm -hmm. so i believe that 
Yes. A lot of these things, Steve's flashing a sign. Okay. Um, I believe that all of these things are really important and become acutely valuable to us as caregivers, as human beings, and we do grow. Uh, we also look for new opportunities to meet difficult situations that may be so different from the day before. Yes. And we learn this resilience of learning and growing and looking for new opportunities to make the situation better mm -hmm. for the person we're taking care of. So I agree with you. It's an opportunity to become the best person you could be. Yeah. It is through pain. Yes, it is through normal. suffering and struggle, though. The mm -hmm. hope will come. Definitely, it's there, but we can't always see it at the time. But there is hope. I'm listening to you today. I hear hope mm -hmm. yes, in areas too. that yes. I, I could use a little hit of it, and I'm, I'm hearing it today. And I hope other people listening yes. are gaining some hope from hearing what Mimi's saying. Some of you tough guys out there like me, and that includes women too. Mm -hmm. um, well, we got, we got a few things to remember and to learn too, that not everybody is going to embrace what we're encouraging them to do. I, I wish they and hope they would for their own sake. But there is another take on things for those that don't. Uh, when I listen to Mimi, it opens up a new dimension to me. I can't say I'm one of those people, but yet I need to have a little bit more compassion for what they are doing and what they're going through. Yeah. And listening to Mimi today uh, plants the seed of compassion uh, I hope it blossoms into something a little better. Thank you. For me. For I her, it's plenty blossomed already. Thank you. I'd like to take a moment just to say one thank you, Peter, for being so transparent and allowing yourself to be so vulnerable today in some spots of our conversation. I'm honored that you feel safe enough to speak with Jenny and I and then your audience as well. I want to witness that you actually did open up about you know being empathetic when you were a child and and in each in each session you have opened up so much and I'm so much gratitude for that and and oh, also I want to say thank you to Jenny today because she's been extremely patient with uh, Peter and I because we keep you know talking and we get into good flow and we don't want to break so thank you Jenny <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to break either no, I don't Jenny's either. good I'm enjoying this so much I yeah. I just I this is just such a pleasure uh, and beyond that. It's such a service that I believe both of you and all of us here in the studio, including Steve. Yes, our we producer, appreciate Steve, too. I believe we are providing something for people listening that they are not getting anywhere else and yeah. will make a real difference in their life. Yeah. I sure I hope, hope so. so. Yeah. Hope so if, if anything, even if it just helps one human out there, it's so worth it. You know, it just really is. Like, you're not alone. Remember, you're not alone. Oh, Mimi's so sweet. Yeah. She's little though, physically. You, I know she sounds like a giant, but she is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make up a little bobblehead <laughs> doll of me and have it put in his office. <laughs> There's a little teeny bobblehead doll of Mimi. <laughs> this Mimi is a giant of a woman, and yes. that's period. Yes, I Boy, agree. I, um, I love her. Thank you. She's adorable yeah. and she's really. I've been so thank you so much. So good to have you with us for the last few weeks, and I understand you're going to head back to school pretty soon. Yeah, I have uh, Monday and Tuesday evenings. But if you guys record it any other evening, you know, let me know. And if you know on spring, well, it's not spring break, fall break. Um, if I can come in again, I would love to. We and then once that. the semester's over as well, 
We'd uh, love to have you. What are you going to yeah. school for again? Uh, you know me. I'm a forever student. What's this one? This one is the human resources still. I'm <laughs> trying to fin finish it up. But I've decided that after that, I'm not going to get any more whatevers. I'm just going to go to school for myself. And I really would like to, you know, kind of delve into math and science more. On that just note. Just for fun. We'll check in with you and see how it's going. Jenny thank will you. check in with you for thank the math you. and science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did that route, too. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, both Peter and Mimi. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. You've been listening to The Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson. If you'd like to know more about our show or about Peter, please visit our website at thesurvivorsguidetolife.com. Uh, please like us on Facebook or Instagram. And thank you for listening. Please join us again next time. Thank you. Thank you.